Hello, Chris here. Um, just a warning about this episode. Um, so, uh, as we've said on the podcast before, what we do is just kind of find a subject and then read about it and react to it as we go online. Um, this one, it turned out, actually had some quite depressing um, real-life stuff attached to it. Um, I mean, it's not anything you wouldn't see on the news or anything, but if you are particularly sensitive... Um, you know, beware. Um, it, like I say, it's not terrible, but thought it'd be a good idea to give you a heads up. All right, here's the episode. Goodbye. I'm gonna call boys, be a Chris on the internet one day. A Chris takes a new, let's make a podcast for Come on now, what do you say? Well, what will this podcast be about? It's new with a tear in his eye. We've got stories that people tell each other from Louisiana Pike to the city of Mumbai. Oh, you mean urban legends. And the podcast was Urban Legends with Neil and Chris. You take care, y'all. Good day. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urban Legends, the number one one-stop shop for all of your urban legends or urban legends adjacent needs. I am Renaissance Fair blacksmith, Chris Flynn. <laughs> With me, as always, is someone who's simply mad about wild swimming. It is Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil Herbert. How are you? I'm doing all right. I want to hear more about your Renaissance Fair work. Was it blacksmithing? Blacksmithing, yeah. yeah. So... Is it real fire and iron, or do you just have like do you just cosplay that with some it's, cardboard, orange cardboard? Yes, yeah, so, so. and a mallet's mallet. Yeah, no, it's not one of those like um, like a, uh, a light bulb with a fan and like yeah. bits of bits of cloth blowing upwards to the like flame. No, no, I use I use real flames. Um, what I like to do is make very dull swords that I sell for thousands of pounds. That's good. Um, suits of armor for people who are doing jousting on on like hobby horses, on that kind of thing. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or um, maybe for a bit of Quidditch. That's the sort of thing people like these days. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do yeah. Um, yeah. Wands. Make some wands. Yeah. Uh, crowns uh, and um, and tiaras for people who want to pretend. Yeah, the thing you'll find... It's classy, in, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, very classy. What you find in uh, Renaissance fairs is um, most people like to dress up as lords and ladies, of which that would have been a very very small percentage of the population. Yeah. Not many of them like to dress in rags and roll around in pig shit. Yeah, not, which... not many doing peasant cosplay, then. That's not a lot of peasant cosplay. No, everyone's lords and ladies or knights or yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, I do lucky horseshoes. That's okay. good. That's nice, isn't it? Hang that above your door. Keep away. Keep away. The sp- Keeps away spirits as well, doesn't it? Keeps away the spirits or invites them in. Yeah, up to you. If you want them in, yeah. Turn them like, upside down. Open, close. Come in the open, devil. close. Yeah, exactly. Depends yeah. how you feel. You know, it's been a busy day. Closed. Yeah. I want to have. Um, want to yeah. have a pie and a lie down. <laughs> you've had. You're, you're a bit bored. It's most open. Nice to me. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, so all sorts really. A um, lot of money in it, you know. A um, lot of people want want uh, a lot of people with low standards and uh, high expenditure. Very low income. standards. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. If um, if you hit two of the swords together, they instantly shatter. Yes. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not exactly using Damascus steel. I'm using um, old 
I'm melting Look, down. Literally, I'm still down. are you? You just you've melted down melt supermarket down. car yeah, um, trolleys, aren't you? Supermarket trolleys, yeah. old old, T- old tempering them with old packets of space raiders. Yeah, old tins, yeah. old tins that are, that are still out of the recycling. Um, pots and pans. I mean, basically, isn't it? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I say back to the, a lot of the time, I just cut eye holes into pots and pans and sell them as armor. Um, yeah, but you know, it's all right. It's a little side hustle, you know, respect the grift. Exactly. Um, and Neil, how did you get into, how did you get so crazy about wild swimming? Could I ask? Well, Let's just say there was an incident at the local pool. We're not going to talk about right. that. So no longer had access to wasn't, swimming. Wasn't access to swimming in the conventional <laughs> manner was removed. Let's let's start there. Right. We'll, 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 move, we'll move swiftly on. You know, but then you think actually, well, you know, why would I want to pay? I don't know, five pounds or whatever to go and Probably. to get a mixture. It's in been a, a while since I went to the local pool. <laughs> well, I can just go and do that in the wild, in the beautiful, um, beautiful world. Is um, it is it true to say that? that um, on almost every occasion, the emergency services have had to be called out at great cost to the taxpayer to rescue you because you didn't really know about river currents and that kind of thing. Uh, correlation is not causation, Chris. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they did have to come out. Off to get if, swept, swept if away. that's how I like to exit a body of water, that's, <laughs> that's up to me, I think. With one of those silver blankets around you being lifted by a helicopter. Now I'll get one of those, what are they called, dry robes? Right. What one of those? I insist on being wrapped around one of those. Oh, nice. Have you heard this? This um, this that, what they call it, the dry road wankers. No, <laughs> so, <laughs> is, that, is that a new gang? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently. So these, are the, you know, have you seen that? There's like the big bulky coats, and they've got like a towel on the inside. And they were apparently it was somebody who did wild swimming, and he invented them. As, as I know, because I'm a passionate wild swimmer. Yeah. Was it um, you? So, so you go, you go wild swimming. <laughs> Maybe it was. Um, I think they're British actually, but yeah, they they but they they've kind of become Sounds trendy. About right. Just wearing down the supermarket. Well, the idea was it was like a big bulky thing, so you could like yeah, it's got go a towel swimming. inside. You put it over yourself, and then you could get changed underneath, and oh, sort okay. of like, you know. But then still, um, you know. What's wrong with just getting changed in front of loads of people, like like normal swimming pools? <laughs> well, no, no, because the whole point is this was like if you were swimming in the sea or somebody yeah. somewhere outdoors. So, you know, you don't want to be flashing the neighbours or what have you. Well, you're meant to swim naked if you're doing proper wild swimming, as you, as you know. Well, yeah, um, I mean, generally I get greased up, a bit of olive oil and um, bit of, a bit of baby oil and uh, duck, duck, slip under the waves. Bit of duck fat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, um, I do the, pop a little the... propeller up somewhere to, to give myself a bit of extra thrust. <laughs> Oh, that's not clothing, is it? That's like a like a terrible inspector gadget. Yeah. Um, where's where's your favourite wild swimming spot? Is it the River Adour? Um No, it's our local reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder why the water was coming through brown. <laughs> Funny, some some minerals I can't quite identify. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, apparently it's, it's getting a bit more processing these days. But again, it's you know. No, there's only there's only right, so much right to roam, right to swim. That's why there's only so much chlorine in the world, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> only so much it can do. So, Neil, um, this week uh, we're going to have a little look at a proper urban legend, Ooh. but it's an interesting one because it's also got some basis in, like a Venn diagram. It's Ooh, got urban legend, fact, and also found footage movie and it all kind of blurs together it's like a victoria sponge made out of bullshit and fact <laughs> <laughs> well that's but that's what i always say to people well, when, I, when i'm in a bakery what's that made of <laughs> bullshit and facts 
Yeah. Uh, nice flour, flour and jam, mate. Some macaroon, mate. <laughs> well, can you leave, leave the shop? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be primarily reading from an article on classic New York history. Dot com, and it's by Virginia uh, Repka Franco, which is a nice uh, Croatian slash Spanish name. Uh, and it's called The History of Willowbrook and the Terrifying Legend of Cropsey. Mm. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna read mainly yeah, from gonna... this article, um, because you know. It's already been written, so might as well let, them do, the hev- let them do yeah, the heavy lifting. Let do the heavy lifting, as, as per usual. As per usual. Low effort podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, I'm doing the talking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it takes more energy to talk than time. Yeah, if they converted it into speech themselves, then they could podcast it, couldn't they? And probably exactly. already have, but, you know. Which is the sample it, and that's, you know. Exactly. It's just um, we're giving them... You know, we've named them. We've given them free advertising. For now. Innovation is effectively just doing the same thing someone else has done, but in a slightly worse format. So you know, that's just... <laughs> oh, innovation is not always now. good. Yeah. No, no. I, th- I think that as as we can see in the world at the moment, regressing is the way forward. Yeah. So, <clears throat> are you ready, Neil? I've never been ready, Chris. Feel free to jump in whenever you like. You know, but put your hand up first, and I'll I'll invite I'll you in. Be doing the former, I won't be doing the latter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, before the advent of creepy pasta, the name derived. <laughs> right, I'll stop you there. <laughs> the name derived from cut and paste online scary stories. Urban legends were told in an old-fashioned oral tradition. Wait a minute, Chris. You mean to tell me that creepy pasta wasn't the origin of all of these stories? What, there were stories around before, before, before the before internet, the internet. Well, then, I mean, this is news to me because without I, an information superhighways, <laughs> how were they able to communicate these stories? I mean, as far as I, I was, believe, like mouth to mouth. As far as I was aware, the Bible was didn't start until the internet because it's a kind oh. of creepy pasta. Um. So city dwellers. So, so what's happening here is they're giving us a little, a little bit of colour of what what an they're urban legend is. Explaining what an urban myth is, and that, that's that's. And nice, do you know what, Neil? I think that that's maybe something. Hey, don't assume. Don't assume everyone knows. I think I think that's something that urban legends, the podcast about urban legends, has maybe not done yet in the, right. the fifty plus episodes. We so. normally spend half an hour talking about something irrelevant. We could actually try and explain. I couldn't think of anything is. irrelevant. That's the only reason why I'm jumping right. in so quickly. We got straight in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not happy about it. No, I'm not really not happy about it. I might not even release this one now. So, city dwellers who went off to camp or moved to the suburbs no doubt heard of the story of that guy with the hook. That's Ooh, how it's spelled. He's got a hook hand, does he? Well, sounds like it, doesn't it? But promising. Let's read on. Uh, he was going to come and get you. He lived in the woods. The story usually starts with some ad-lib prequel set-up narrative about how a guy killed his family in grisly fashion and then was put away. Then one night, he escaped. He's out oh, no. there waiting to get ya. I imagine that was a dark and stormy night, Chris. Do you reckon? Yeah. I reckon it was a really bright, bright a evening. Bright, sunny day. Bright, bright, sunny day. Yeah, birds chirping. And he's like, the sun's gleaming off of his hook, and he's like, oh, this will be a good day to go kill him. 
Yeah, I mean, like the, it was a beautiful day. day, 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 day. <laughs> I mean, the fact, <laughs> he's dancing around with his hat. The fact that he's a murderer doesn't mean that he's not also affected by seasonal affective disorder. He probably enjoys the sun just like the rest like of us. Else, yeah. Do he you know knows I mean? the value of vitamin D. What you do, yeah, if you're going, oh, we only hangs around dance when nights, what you're doing is you're othering him or her. And I, and I don't think that that's helpful when it comes to maybe, you know, hands hands across the ocean. If we, if we aren't going to deal with the fictional murder problem, <laughs> Finally. how are we going to deal with it? Then, you know, then yeah. we, need to, we need to open a productive dialogue. By alienating fictional serial killers is that he's then, going to make them serial kill more. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's stupid, isn't it? What's... Yeah, how do you deal with a serial killer with a hooked hand? Two serial killers with hooked hands. <laughs> a serial killer with two hooks, that's <laughs> hooks on his feet as well. A hook a hook with serial killers for hands. Um and in the final move, a hook for a head. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's hookhead. <laughs> Just keeps getting caught on branches. <laughs> <laughs> um right. As most of the facilities that house the mentally ill and de- development, as most of the facilities that house the mentally ill and developmentally challenged were built on remote rural acres, you could insert the name of any local collection of rambling buildings run by the New York Department of Mental Hygiene into the story. The guy with the hook or the axe or knife or whatever had no proper name in my area. I see you've gone with the Brooklyn accent there. Well, it's New York, isn't it? It's a big, big state. Well, fair enough. It's not really. But what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what what do, you, do you want me to do the Albany accent? Yes. Okay, hello, I'm from Albany. There fair you enough. go. Perfect. There you go. Wonderful. When my family moved from the Bronx up to the country, we lived right near Harlem Valley State Hospital. So for us, the escape maniacs of our nightmares came from there. Driving down Route 22... Through Wingdale at night, you would fear that you would check your rearview mirror and he would be there hiding in your back seat. This maniac also apparently had a thing for killing gas station attendants and donning their uniforms. No, I'm not down with this. Like, if you want to go serial killing, fair enough. Mm. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, fair enough. Not, yeah, that's your right. Gas station yeah, exactly. That's your right by law. You know, <laughs> I think it's what is it? The Third that's Amendment. Or that's something? the Third uh, Amendment. Yeah. yeah. If they didn't want it to happen, they wouldn't have put it in the Constitution. Exactly. Clearly, would they? I must have an assault rifle and must be able to use it at all times. <laughs> or whatever. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure that's what yeah, the, that's the gist. Says. I'd call it the gist of it. The gist of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moider each other as much as possible. Um, but you know, some gas station attendant—they're just there to sort of help you out, do a bit. Of, yeah, but I mean, I would—I would say that, although not necessarily that, I don't think that's the victim. But I'd say that that would be a bridging murder to get you to where you, you need build to build yourself up. Or it's just well, a no, because thing. You it's a tactical thing. You need to get, you get the, get the uniform. How else yeah. do you get a uniform? You got to kill someone. You can't. It's like a game of hitman, isn't it? Yeah, it's literally. Yeah, it's like that. Do you know what? Fair enough, serial killers. I retract my comment. Mean, I see your logic. Means to an end. Yeah. Means to an end, Neil. You've, yeah. I was reacting emotionally, Chris, and they've, re- they've, they've thought logically Neil, there. So I'm, I'm, this yeah. podcast is not not a place for emotions. This is a place for pure, cold... Pure white-hot logic. Ice-cut <laughs> <laughs> logic, whatever. <laughs> exactly. It's not Vulcan-style yeah. white-hot logic. That's all, that's all we're here for. This maniac also... Oh, I've read that. Uh, he could pump your gas with one arm 
Where's the other one? Not considering <laughs> Earth, is it? Oh, I'm having a good night. Uh, and then reach in and grab you with his other appendage. <laughs> Those lucky enough to escape, or unlucky, would find a bloody hook latched onto their wing, uh, wing window. The plethora of stories seemed to have gained traction as more and more city kids were transplanted into the suburbs. I think well, those hook hands don't come cheap, so he's going to be a they bit don't. annoyed that that's come off. Where instead of museums and other cultural attractions, they had local institutions looming large on the green landscape. Despite being New York's smallest borough, Staten Island, home of the Wu-Tang Clan, I'd like to mm. add, had more than its share of such institutions. The New York Farm Colony... Uh, as a home where the indignant could earn their keep and Seaview Hospital, a place for tuberculosis patients, were located right near Willowbrook. Acres and acres of crumbling old buildings had lots of history. Once abandoned, all sorts of folks from kids out for a good time and ghost hunters invaded the grounds. The 80s were in the grip of the satanic panic, which we've discussed before. Yeah, and it, entirely. Yeah, well, like now, we're in a grip of it to an extent with yeah. QAnon. Uh, and it was said that Willowbrook was where the devil worshippers had their black masses on a makeshift altar scattered from the ruins. Sounds all right, isn't it? Would you go you to do, a black, you do you. Would you go to a black mass? I've been to some normal masses. They were, do I have to kneel down on pews? Because I wasn't keen on that bit. Nah, not a no. black mass. No. You do you break dance. Oh, Would you go to a black mass if there was, like, you know, a girl there that you fancied? Like you're bound to. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in anything. <laughs> Except for kissings. Um, so, the kids from Staten Island, however, had a more personal story. A local maniac had a name. Cropsy. Mm. They also had the depressing legacy of Willowbrook State School in their borough. In the 70s and 80s, they had a string of mysterious child murders. Staten Island hit an eerie trifecta for ingredients of a horrifying legend to take on a real-life terrifying twist. So Cropsy's a weird name for a... Cropsy! Yeah. It sounds like the mascot for, like, some genetically modified wheat or something. <laughs> Get your Cropsy bread! Cropsy's here to see. He's trying to eat this genetically modified bees or whatever. So, I they shouldn't do advertising jingles off the top of my head. I could work that one out, though. So how Staten Island's got this particular name for the maniac is unknown. It's simply... I mean, maybe he had short hair. Just try a bit harder, I would say. He might, yeah, and then short crop. He could be called, like, Buzzy or something. They call it buzz cuts, don't they, in America? Yeah. Buzzy boy. Mr. Buzz Buzz. Buzzy crops. <laughs> hey, buzzy crabs. Oh, watch out, buzzy crabs will get you. Uh, in 1981, in the 1981 film, The Burning, uh, brought Cropsy, Cropsy to life in a slasher film. New York filmmaker <laughs> Harvey Weinstein was one oh. of the original story writers, no doubt getting some inspiration from campfire tales he'd heard as a child. No doubt. From his <laughs> no, 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 no doubt he was Cropsy. Was it? So is that the actual... I'm assuming that's the same Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. The... What, the, the, the terrible se- sexual assault. Sexual um, assault. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I thought he just it, did the production. I didn't realise he had actually um, 
made films. Yeah, it looks like and, it. And, you know, attempts, yeah, we won't, won't uh, focus on that. No. In this version, yeah, I mean, there's only so scary we can go, really. Yeah, exactly. No, it's... Diff- difficult to have a chuckle fest about a serial rapist. Yeah. Um, so, in this version of the urban legend, Cropsy is a disfigured camp counsellor out for revenge. There may be many, many versions of the story, but Cropsy seems to belong to New York. Like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and the Ghostbusters. So this sounds a bit like it might have influenced Friday the 13th. Because hmm? your man Jason was a sort of um, dis- um, what you call disfigured um, fellow. On was a he camp- a camp counsellor? No, he murdered camp counsellors. All right. So Why is that? Can't... Um, oh, Didn't God. like counselling. No, it's Preferred convoluted. To... It turns Preferred out in the CBT. first one it wasn't him, it was his ma. He was killing right. everyone, and it's because apparently um, some camp counsellors, he drowned in a lake while they were having it off. Right. Um, so she murders them, and then every time kids come in to smoke weed and get laid, then she just remembers her son being killed because of the negligence of the camp counsellors and goes on a killing spree. But doesn't it turn out that he actually can't be killed? Well, yeah, because his mum gets moided in the first one. So the twist is it's his mum in the first one, and then mm. she gets beheaded, and then he comes back to life somehow. And then... Guillotine, was it? Guillotine? Uh, I believe it was a spade um, held no. by the, the final lady. Well, the, I can't the, work, the working man's guillotine. It's not, it's not good, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but the final the final girl's there, and then I think she sort of like chops her head off with a... Like, yeah, I can't remember. Maybe it was a machete involved. I, I, it was a bad maybe. And and then after that, they're all him, aren't they? And he's, he's got like his Mars head on a little plinth, and he's like going around. That's fair enough. Yeah. Like you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah, bronze it, chrome it. Yeah. <laughs> stick, it up on the, stick it up on the mantelpiece. Um, so, Cropsy is also the title of a brilliant documentary filmed by two Staten Islanders, uh, HTTP, uh, colon, forward slash, forward slash, cropsylegend.com, forward slash, who grew up hearing the legend. The award-winning film documents the legend of Cropsy in the context of the convicted kidnapper, Andy Andre Rand who worked as an orderly at Willowbrook from 1965 to 1966. It's not very long time, is it? One A year? You're doing something if, bad, like killing you... the patients, by chance? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I would, you know, written warning. Uh, everyone knew something about Willowbrook State School. Opened in 1938, it served as a home for disabled children until it was used as an army hospital during World War II. After the war, it was reopened again as Willowbrook School and the population of students swelled to unmanageable proportions. Willowbrook was called a school, but it was nothing more than a warehouse for the developmentally disabled. Robert F. Kennedy had called Willowbrook School a snake pit back in 1965. That's helpful, isn't it? I hope he was talking about the way it was being run and organised rather than... Mm. um, I mean, he was generally like a pretty. He seemed like a reasonable geezer. He, the, probably the best of the Kennedys. I would have thought. I, yeah, I would. I would hope he was talking about how it was being run. Yeah, than having a crack at the um, the kid. Developmentally, yeah. Um, you would. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I. Well, I don't even, think that's it. But I don't think like just going. Ah, oh, snake bit. I mean, just close it. Do you know what I mean? Like, put some more money into <laughs> into what, social care. He tried to, but then the mafia killed him. That's what happened, Chris. Uh, that was it. They were getting all that sweet, sweet I, thought, I, thought was, I thought it was killed by Cropsy. <laughs> well, like maybe they got Cropsy to do their bidding. Oh, you thought it was Jack Ruby, did you? I know that no. was the other one, the other Kennedy. If you those Kennedys very... aren't careful, are they? Can... 
nah. If you look very carefully, you can see that actually, um, when it, you know, like when they think he's being shot, what it is is it's a hook coming yeah, from, a from, from the boot of, from, the, from the boot of the car going. Well, through that's his... why if you see the Zap Ruder footage and you know you see his head sort of snap to the right, if you yeah, look carefully, you'll see a hook swatting his the back of his head. That's exactly what happened. To the right, yeah. So he thought it was a magic bullet. No, it's a no. It's just a broken hand. It's a broken boot with a hook. Well, I can't believe we missed that. <laughs> it was cropsy. <laughs> Yet, it took quite a few years to shut Willowbrook's doors. The place was renamed the Staten Island Developmental Centre in 1974, and it took 10 more years for all of the patients to be discharged. Happy story so far. I was going to say, as I imagine this is one of those times as well when they were, uh, yeah, just basically like you would be just locked up. Was it, was, yeah. I mean, similar, it was a very similar situation. They weren't very kind in the past, were they? I mean, or yeah, now. you know, the the baseline level of arsehole is uncomfortably high currently, but, yeah, certainly people got away with a lot more of this stuff in the past. So, <clears throat> in 1972, a doctor who worked at Willowbrook was upset at the treatment of the patients. He slipped a local reporter, Geraldo Rivera. Hey, isn't he famous? Well, Geraldo. I don't know if it's the same one, but if this is the guy with the moustache, he was the one that we talked about. He, I mean, he's, he's famous in America. He's mm. sort of like does the old Fox News circuit. But he, he made his name doing, he opened up... Um, investigative journalism. Investigative journalism, yeah. Well, he, got, he made his name by, um, he, he found, or he bought access to, what's it called, the vault of, um, who was the gangster in the in the 20s and 30s? Al Capone. But yeah, Capone's vault. And okay. it says this whole big thing, like, we're going to open it up now, and there was fuck all in there. But he somehow made his name out. It's an old sandwich. Because he became such a hype man. Yeah. He was just like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> also a couple of pornos. <laughs> you know, it's pretty much an empty garage. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, he'd, say, they'd done this whole hype of opening up the vault of Al Capone, and then apparently there was like naff all in there. But he, anyway, he made his name off the back of that somehow. And We've got quite some quite big names in this so far, haven't we? Kennedy. Yeah, one, yeah. Kennedy, yeah. Geraldo. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. I assume Rizza and Jizza are going to pop up at some point. Are they all from um, Staten Island? Jizza's not. He's from Brooklyn. Uh, Rizza is um, ODB. Uh, I think Method Man is, yeah. Mm. I think so, yeah. But so a couple of them. Ghost Faces. Yeah. Just um, <clears throat> a little bit of Wu-Tang for everyone yeah. everyone out there. Because I do love my Wu-Tang. Um, so, Geraldo Rivera, it gave, they gave him a key to the horrid institution. Geraldo snuck in. <laughs> like Scooby Doo. Um, and he filmed what he saw there and broadcast it for the world to see. Patients, many of whom were children, lived in filth and disease. Cutbacks in funding had left the residents of Willowbrook at the mercy of a skeleton crew of staff, sorry, skeleton crew of staff, mainly untrained. Some of whom. That's from skeletons. They were skeletons, yeah. yeah. They were actual skeletons. Um, some of whom... I think a hard-working skeleton community gets, you know, unfairly derided often. Yeah, I think so. You know, they're, they're doing their best, aren't they? They're, the opportunities just aren't there for Work them. Work themselves to the bone, Chris. <laughs> oh, good. I hate myself. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of whom uh, dedicated their careers to helping the disabled and others who delighted in abusing the residents. Sad, sad, sad but, but I can imagine. Yeah, I've, I know there's been, you know, there, there was a, a report a while back. They were looking. I think it was. I think it might be an old people's care home actually. But um, mm. yeah, there's. 
it's a really horrible one actually because I can imagine it'd be sort of a stressful job. But I, th- I think, unfortunately, as well, if you're the sort of person who you might get the wrong type of petty power, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, you, you get some people who are abusive in those kind of situations where they're people without power. Anyway, I think it's really weird the whole power thing, isn't it? Because I'm, well, you see the see the thing I say I I don't want any power, and that's true. But then I guess, you know, if I'm being honest, the privilege which I have being a tall white man means that I probably have sort of latent, really latent about passive it, yeah. power without thinking about it. So it's probably much easier for me to go, no, I don't really want it because, you know. It's and there's been various studies what, and real, real world. I think the thing to always acknowledge is that, you know, that could be any one of us in a way and you've got to keep those, you know, demons at bay and make sure you don't fall into that trap because, uh, yeah. I constantly try and power play you on this by claiming you were a member of the Confederacy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know. But that's because I feel like I'm punching up with you. Oh, you'll break me one uh, day, Chris, don't worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In every way. <laughs> um, so the Skellingtons, um, some of them were good and some were bad. Skellingtons, goblins. Um, <laughs> some good, some bad. Some good, some bad. Elves. Rulgaroos, you're generally good. Ruger is generally good. Yowie is generally all right. Yeah. Generally all right. Um... <laughs> you know, it's just a snowman, abominable, but it's in the name. You know. The Tokoloshis generally don't get on with them. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. I won't have them in the house. Uh, there were also claims that experiments with hepatitis were conducted on site, resulting in infecting the patients who somehow escaped uh, contacting the... I think it should say contracting the disease naturally. So... Yeah, and unfortunately, all of this is very believable. Yes, so far. There's documented evidence that these things have happened in the past. Yeah. yeah where you take a community, yeah, it's... So, where the legend of Cropsy... So, Cropsy's going to have to do one to sort of get over the... This is going to be one of the humans of the real monsters after all, isn't it? Yes. Although I've got the feeling Cropsy's got something in him, if I remember the story correctly. Go on. And real-life Diverge is in the details, where the devil lies. Mm -hmm. The prime suspect in the murders, Andre Rand, was a former employee of Willowbrook, not a patient... Municipal employees did not conduct the stringent background checks and screenings they do today. I think it doesn't sound like it was a place where they were too bothered about it. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst yeah. that can happen? A few patients die, Chris. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Less work to do. Exactly. <laughs> the rounds get a bit lighter. Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> so, a famous escaped convict, Willie Sutton, changed his name and had worked. Oh, changed his name and had worked for years at the New York Farm Colony. Due to budget cutbacks and abysmal working conditions, just about anyone could get hired at one of these institutions. Rand's at first conviction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I doubt it's much different nowadays, really. Well, I'll tell you a story about that. (laughs) So when I was... I used to work as a cleaner at a school when I was in sixth form. Mm. No idea what was happening, but we there was a thing when we were hard, we'd do sort of hire people, it'd be quite hard to get people sometimes. This this guy turns up one day, and um, he'd worked for British Rail, and he kept telling all these stories around. Oh, I've worked for British Rail, so this is an hard work to me. Blah blah blah, all that. Despite mm. the fact that he was crap at it, it was really slow. It was first day. <laughs> he just 
It's not work for me. I don't even do the job properly. <laughs> do you want to actually demonstrate doing some of the work rather than telling us how hard working you are? I look, well, I didn't care. I wasn't running the, the running the thing, but uh, he was, yeah, just hear him saying this stuff. Uh, but then the thing is, everyone who does a job because you're in a school, you've got to do a police check. Yeah. Since he found out about that, he didn't turn up for work the next day. So uh, really, yeah, it makes okay. you wonder. I mean, it's probably just like you know. Well, you'd hope it was just kind of like a, a criminal conviction or something. And I used to know someone who was going out with a friend of mine uh, who worked in adult social care, like care homes, that kind of stuff. And he, every time I met him, was completely off his face on drink and drugs and on more than one occasion shat himself, having taken lots of ketamine. And he was, like, working with vulnerable adults. Mm. So, I mean, I can't... I'm sure it was. Uh, I th- I th- unfortunately, I think that to a certain level, if you're willing to go and clean up other adults, you know, having gone to the toilet and that kind of stuff, I don't think there's that many people who are willing to do it. No, so they're kind of like, yeah, you know, as long as you're not, well, as long as you're not overtly dangerous, then, you know, you're probably all right. Um, so. Rand's first conviction for sexually molesting a nine-year-old girl happened after he left employment at Willowbrook. However, yeah, one look at the drooling, bug-eyed Andre Rand outside the courthouse at his trials let you know something wasn't right with him. Yeah, I've seen this photo. He certainly doesn't look like a... Hey, yeah, he's got, he's got some stuff going I'll be honest on. with you, yeah, if, he'd sort of, yeah, if I was interviewing, I'd probably, I'd probably pass. You can't judge on. What if he had a really good? What if he was really good, good at like? He mediates talk? the competencies. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, HR rules are rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was drooling a lot, but you know. Yeah, well, I can. Uh, yeah, no, I do remember. Um, yeah, well, I was, I was once uh, working for for an organisation, and uh, you know, there was uh, there was a lot of friction at the top table, and uh, so I went in, I spoke to everyone individually and brought them all together, and then the team worked more harmoniously. Well, I thought when he answered that question about, you know, conflict with others, I thought, you know, mentioning one way he'd murdered the entire board was, was, that was really brave. <laughs> brave decision. You know, it doesn't always work out, conflict resolution, does it? So, you know, that was, that, I think that was, a, that was a strong, strong competency for me. So, Andre Rand's mother had struggled with mental illness and had lived... Like poet Alan Greensburg, uh, Ginsburg's mum at the Pilgrim State Asylum. With that oh, in mind, little Mister Beats. What's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's this guy doing for Ginsburg? <laughs> and and had lived like his like, famous like, poem How. <laughs> he was howling like, himself. Like my favourite poet, Alan Ginsburg. <laughs> like his mother. That's. I mean, for, I mean, good lord! I know some a thing or two about putting out a pretentious reference. But that was, oh, you certainly do. Fuck me! Even for me, that's precious. So, with that in with that in mind, his taking a job at Willowbrook would make sense. Many people who have experienced the suffering of loved ones uh, go into the helping professions. He had no formal training on record, and despite claims that he was a physical therapist, Rand was just an orderly. Where Rand's story takes a really weird turn is in 1966. Rand left his job at Willowbrook, but not the grounds. He set a campsite. Oh, up a campsite. This is, this is going to go well. <laughs> oh, dear. And he wasn't alone. Many more people, some who were never patients, lived on the Willowbrook site and that of the nearby Seaview Hospital and the New York Colony Farm. Oh, renaming it couldn't give a fuck, Hospital. 
Exactly. <laughs> you want to camp on the ground, direct staff? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't see you. <laughs> Even if you're not ex-staff, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. One of these institutions closed, former patients... You maybe shouldn't have alone. a Hooverville inside your hospital, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, fine. Shouldn't have a skid row outside the vulnerable, <laughs> <Outside> <laughs> vulnerable the adults camps. in the grounds. Uh, once these institutions closed, former patients, along with other members of the homeless population, moved into the underground tunnels that connected the buildings and made the camp on the grounds outside. And this is the thing, if you're architecting a building and you're putting in underground tunnels, this is what you've got to be wary of. It's going people to end up, it's going to be end up with chads or serial people. killers. Yeah. You've got to think it through. You've got to think it through. Um, so, uh, later, some of this land would be sold to developers, and since 1993, the College of Staten Island has taken over 300 acres. Still, some of the abandoned buildings still stand decrepit witness uh, a constant reminder of the former use of the facility. Many still believe there are hidden human remains lying underneath the weeds, trash and brambles on the Willowbrook grounds. Again, that wouldn't be surprising. You'd want to go and have a look, though, wouldn't you? Well, me? Well, no. No, no, I mean, like, the place. So so this... Ge- no, they don't, though, do they? Like, well, they when, when they, like Fred West, when they um, caught him, they had a good rummage around the fucking basement, didn't they? Yeah, but this is, like, Dug a big up. institution, isn't it? Well, you can, you know, it's like Time Team, Chris. You go out and do a bit of geo. This would be a great episode of Time Team. We've got... We've got <laughs> we, we believe there could be mass graves of disadvantaged adults here that died during experimentation, and we've got 72 hours to find well, it. Well, it sounds like what looks well, like a well, promising well, spot here. We're on the geofist. There's definitely some calcium <laughs> down there, so. We got, we got, Tony. I'm really excited. We got some. We got. We're getting some real. Got all into this. I think we're going to see office. some skulls before end of day. <laughs> <laughs> right. What all of Staten Island's victims had in common was their innocence. The only body found in a shallow grave on the Willowbrook grounds was a little twelve-year-old Jennifer Schweiger, a child with Down syndrome whose remains are found after an exhausting 35-day search after her disappearance in 1987. Andre Rand was convicted of kidnapping Jennifer, but due to lack of physical evidence at the time, could not be pinned for the murder. Later, Rand was tied to at least three other disappearances. In 1972, a five-year-old Alice Pereira. In 1981, a seven-year-old named Holly Ann Hughes. Rand was later convicted of her kidnapping, but not her murder. An 11 year old diabetic young girl named uh, Tyahees Jackson. And in 1984, 21 year old Hank Gaffordio, a well known friendly neighborhood man who had mental challenges. The young Mr. Uh, Gaffordio had helped search for Holly Ann Hughes and was caught on film during a newscast about her disappearances. Three of the bodies were never found. And they found this guy's body as well, the one who was searching for the other. It's un- that's, that's, that's unclear. Yeah, it's unclear. I mean, that's what I, that's what I think it's trying to say. The victims also deviate from the Cropsy urban legend narrative and even the Willowbrook child abuse story, as these children were never patients, nor were they scouts on a camping trip. They were snatched from their homes where they lived with loved ones who desperately searched for them. Oh, so they weren't inmates at the um, at the hospital? No. So he was basically going out, kidnapping Just and kidnapping murdering kids. kids and then burying them in the grounds around where he... Where yeah. Where he horrific either way. But. So Staten Island pulled together as a community, and many are still searching for the remains of these victims so their families can have some semblance of closure. As for Rand, he's not talking. 
at least not about anything that makes sense. He had some bizarre correspondence with the makers of the Cropsey documentary, law enforcement and newspapers. He set up interviews where he's serving time at uh, Ossining Correctional, which is Sing Sing, mm. only to refuse to see the visitors when they arrive. Many swear Andre Rand did it as he was seen in the proximity of all the victims. Others cry in his defence that it was a convenient frame-up. Mm. Unnamed and unlocated satanic cult members are also thought to be suspects. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. I don't <laughs> exist, but yeah. They're... Yeah. Um, some say it may have been a former patient or group of patients who lived in the tunnels. The stories get wilder the more people weigh in on the matter. Due to the Cropsey connection, these crimes will forever be tied to an urban legend. Though these cases of disappearing young people remain all too real for those who lived through this terrifying time. Whoever did these crimes left lasting scars on many residents of Staten Island. I mean, that's horrific, obviously, because it's, um, yeah. you know, and you can imagine it's kind of like, yeah, because Staten Island would be a small enough community where you'd sort of fill that throughout, um, which is obviously awful. So, so the idea then is that, um, you know, that there were there were a spate of murders and then the whole hook hand thing, there was just kind of embellishments and kind of like stories that kids would tell, yeah. you know, not probably being ignorant of the, the, the true nature of what happened or whatever. Yeah, just, and yeah. that he lived in the the hospital in the tunnels or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not, so, not, got, not got whispers... a lot of light-hearted jokes to tell about this one. Did no, no. It's, it's a lot one. darker than... A, yeah. It's pretty grim. Um, I say pretty but, grim. It's uh, yeah, one of the worst things we've done, but yeah. It's, hey. Push through, I guess. Uh, the whispered stories of Cropsey and the documentary of the same name raise many questions, raise as many questions as they answer. How Chris, many of I the homeless... I you keep saying Cropsey. It... Cropsey. Is that from, because I know you've got the latest version of Mortal Kombat, is he in fact one of the downloadable characters? <laughs> yeah, it's with a K. <laughs> yeah, well, of course it's with a K. He is, yeah. He's, oh, um, hand himself. Yeah, he's from, I don't know, the bullshit yeah. realm. I can't, remember, I can't remember the name of them. Combat combat realm. Combat county realm, with it? a K. Yeah. <laughs> crown, crown. Realm, whatever. So, how many of the homeless lived in the tunnels and surrounding grounds. So, so right. So, this is interesting because one subject which I was looking at and decided not to go ahead with, although it seems <laughs> seems strange now, was was mole people, right? Because no, let's, let's, let's go with the let's go with the child killer. killer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying every decision I make is entirely correct. Um, but mole, so mole people are, so I was thinking, oh, what are they like? Some kind of, you know. It just makes me think human, of Hans mole. mole Man from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, the mole people, they're not really an urban legend because there it's are actually people. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's oh, not. Def- no. No, they're know. actually home. They're homeless people in New York who live in the tunnels. Oh, okay. Like that like in storm tunnels or whatever. And these people actually exist and there is a community yeah. of them and sort of urban legends have kind of come up around them um, about them being mutants or whatever, but it's actually just homeless people yeah. finding Some a bit of shelter. Yeah. So this kind of is a bit of that, isn't it? Fighting a fan, yeah, giant alligators, um, befriending Ninja yeah. Turtles, you know, usual. They're busy, those New York sewers, aren't they? Fucking hell, there's a lot going on. Fucking busy, yeah. Yeah, really busy. 
Um, you haven't got time cleansing any water or getting rid of any waste. No, I don't do that anymore. Um, are there still... So that, how many homeless people lived in tunnels surrounding the grounds? Are any still there hiding in the remains of the ruins? Now, I would suggest probably... Well, going to be, in there? And it doesn't sound yeah. like anyone in its prime, if I can laughably call it that, anyone was paying any, paying any particular attention to the upkeep of this place. Um, no. Yeah. And it's during its during its golden period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you remember? You know, it, all right, yeah, there was there was, there was a few murders that tore the town apart, but, you know, we were closer as family in those days. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, Traditional values. Paint as far as the eye could see. Um, at least one of them, Andre Rand, is known as a notorious serial killer who has actually never been convicted of murder. So he's never been so convicted been of murder. Of never... kidnap and stuff like that. So they heavily suspect yeah. they didn't have like, the evidence to, to actually... Yeah. Um, yeah, and it sounds like some people were uh, decided that maybe it was... I mean, who knows? Maybe it was rough justice, but, uh, yeah. Well, so would today's advances in forensics help solve the mystery, provided more bodies can be found? How long did Andre Rand live on the grounds? Why did he change his name? Rand was born Frank Russian. Did he act alone? Will he ever confess? What was his motive? Some say his experience of working at Willowbrook launched him on a bizarre twisted crusade to stop the suffering of little children, particularly those with handicaps. The Rand, that Rand was employed to help children and then deliberately set out to hurt them is the scariest piece of the puzzle. Now, I mean, that does sound like serial killer nuts logic. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, what's happened here, Chris, is you've, mm. you've taken what could ostensibly be an urban legend, but you've turned this into the true crime podcast. Well, I mean, that's what people have been asking for, haven't yeah. they? I mean, you know, in, this, through the this back is door, I'm changing this into a true crime podcast. So, the mystery surrounding the missing residents of Staten Island uh, didn't invent the story of Cropsey. It just added to the fuel of the horrible legend. So does the Cropsey story go back before... I mean, yeah, yes, it the like whole hand thing, I mean, that's got to go back years, hasn't it? That's got to go back to the 60s or something, at least, surely. Yeah, 60s yeah. or 50s. So, so is it just so that the whole hooking thing is so they, this, is, this has got tied in and sort of in, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. could he have been like the second coming? Well, maybe he could be like the X Files geezer. He's sort of like, you know, just sleep in and come out and kill every 30 years. Or Stephen King used to do it, didn't he? Was it the, the clown? Stephen King used to sleep, used to sleep and come out and kill every yeah. 30 years. But he wrote books about it, possibly. <laughs> it might be what I was attempting to say. No, he, no right. he, I'm pretty sure he does this thing where, I don't know if it was just the Pennywise the Clown or he did other things, where you'd have, like, ancient entities that would sort of, like, um, they'd do a load of killing like and then have a nice little sleep. Like cicadas? Yeah. That yeah, kind like. of pop up every ten years. to sleep in their burrows and then... Yeah, could be. Um, I mean... We go back to you've the got to have a touch of whether or not there was a spate of similar incidents. I mean, you've got to have um, a certain level of the supernatural about you to be able to sleep for thirty years without eating or anything, haven't you? So, um, so yeah, what it sounds like is Cropsy was their hook hand legend, and that was the name. And then kids started disappearing and stuff, and then they said kids were people going, "Oh, it's Cropsy. Cropsy what's done it?" Yeah. It's not Cropsy, it's this fella bizarrely sleeping in the Allegedly. Of a, um, yeah. Allegedly. Well, he's been, um, oh, he's been, well, he's, has he been done 
Not for murder. Not for murder. I don't know why I'm saying allegedly there when I constantly say. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one person I don't want to sue me. (laughs) I don't think he's going to have particularly good legal representation. I don't think anyone's going to really hold that gun against you, but fair enough. That's the one hell you're willing to buy on. (laughs) For your mate Rand. Whereas I've called out, like, the British royal family and stuff. (laughs) So, a new updated version of Cropsy called Slenderman, a mysterious child-killing monster who lives on creepypasta stories all over the web and nightmares, is an update for the times. Well, not really. As this, no, I don't think so. Isn't isn't he one... I mean, I don't know that much. I mean, it was just a geezer on something awful for him, wasn't it? it? Somebody came up with this like weird-looking photo and then a load of laws come out of that. There's not much to it. But I thought it was... Um, well, we're looking to Slenderman yeah, at some well, point, we'll it's some, quite big. But I thought it was just... We're not going to, to he gets people to... Gets, Teenage girls to commit suicide that, or whatever. Oh, was he, I thought I thought he was more kind of like he'd sort of you know, yeah, he didn't kill kids, but he could, like got them to murder for him or some shit like that. Or, yeah, I mean, there was like there was that. a real life case of. I mean, yeah, they, anyway, yeah. whatever. Yeah, as you say, we'll get into it on a future podcast. But um, no, I didn't think. You, yeah, another fun one to look forward to. Um, so have to he's into internet territory at some point, sadly. So he's an update for the times as the escaped guy story no longer holds credibility. Slender man like crops it. Oh, you know, an interdimensional being isn't real. Gifs or whatever. Far more <laughs> believable than a it he's would got no be got a hook hand either. He's like It would be wonderful if the Willowbrook school legacy of abuse and child abduction and murders weren't true either, but unfortunately they are all too true. So that's not much fun, is it? Well, unfortunately, yeah, this is kind of like, um, yeah, it's it's come with a bit too much uh, depressing real so, life, this one. Yeah, so I'm going to quickly read. So, like, I, I appreciate the work that was put into the article, and mm. so thanks, well, thanks for that. What I would say is it was a slightly confusing read. I don't, yeah. So I'm going to quickly go through um, something on the lineup.com which is kind of a bit more bullet point. Maybe focused on the hook hand free. adventures rather than the, uh, the serial killer. And this was published by The Lineup Staff Ooh, in 2019. So this is a story of a nightmare come to life. Once Cropsey was just an urban legend, the boogeyman of Staten Island in New York, children were taught to fear the murderer who would kidnap them and take them into the tunnel system in the abandoned sanatorium nearby. They're terrifying. Most people just thought of Cropsey as a legend, uh, something parents told their children to keep them from straying too far from home, a tactic older siblings used to scare their younger brothers and sisters. But in 1987, the residents of Staten Island were rocked by the Cropsey, legend becoming a real story when Andre Rand was unmasked as the real Cropsey killer. So the Cropsey legend. So this is just because I don't feel like that, that the article I read was very clear. I just want a little bit more uh, info on this one. I like how you're sticking to the Cropsey pronunciation. <laughs> There's a bit of Matt Berry in there, I think. Entirely, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. After the stick insect dente. Um, right. That's a deep cut. Um, so, as the story goes, Cropsey was rumoured to be a homicidal madman, an escaped mental patient who had a hook for a hand, who haunted children and dragged them back to the tunnel systems that lay under the abandoned ruins of the old Seaview Hospital, a former TB sanatorium. Cropsey was very popular, alleged in the area. One summer camp variation on the tale inspired the 1981 slasher movie The Burning. The cult classic, surprisingly faithful to the tale, 
that the Staten Island Scouts once swapped over toasted marshmallows. Yeah. It featured a once respectable man. You could taste man them well named... on your hook, couldn't you? You could. Yeah, maybe that's what it's for. Uh, he you could actually, make s'mores yeah. with it. Yeah, that'd be good. That's, that's he actually had it, had it removed on purpose yeah. because he really, really liked toasted loves, marshmallows. Yeah, loves um, it features a once respectable man named George Cropsey <laughs> who goes insane after a prank gone wrong leaves him disfigured and begins oh, killing unsuspected times. summer campers with an axe. Listen, pranksters, just you know, know your limits. Never let it go exactly. so wrong that you turn your victim into a serial killer. Uh, we're just doing a prank. I'm going to put my hand in this blender. Oh. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's getting a hook attached and it's a killing hook. Yeah. It's a killing hook, even though he kills people with an axe. <laughs> so the, the hook's, the, the hook's, just, the hook's just practical. He's kind of a potential serial act, killer, yeah. isn't he? He's like a real affectation. <laughs> got monocle on a look, penny farthing. Look, mate, you could have had a prosthetic can. That was up to you, wasn't it? <laughs> Fucking peg so, like a pirate. What are you on about? So here's some, here's hopefully more clarification about Andre Rand. So he works as a janitor at the Willowbrook State School on Saturn Island, a place whose name alone has the power to frighten adults and children alike. The institution, built as a respite for children with intellectual disabilities, was revealed to be a living hell in the 1970s, although authorities wouldn't close the school until 1987. The children had been subject to rampant sexual abuse and corporal punishment, and severe overcrowding led to unsanitary conditions. It was also a home to which had been called one of the most unethical medical experiments on children in the United States in the name of hepatitis research. Medical staff intentionally injected healthy children with the virus, many whom became severely ill as a result. The public wasn't aware of the conditions inside the school, given that many of the children inside had sadly been abandoned by their parents and the foster care system, leading to little accountability. In 1987, a young Geraldo Rivera published an expose that revealed the horrific conditions inside the Willowbrook State School and ignited a national scandal. So scandalous that it stayed open for another 15 years. Yeah, but do you know what? Like, if it's the same Geraldo Rivera, I mean, we talked mm. about this, but... Um, Good for him, yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. He did actually did something useful from one of his stories. Certainly not doing that That's- the school was officially closed 15 years later and negative publicity contributed to the successful passage of federal civil rights legislation that protected the mentally disabled and other people who had been institutionalised. So that's good. Yes, something came out of it too little too late, but there you go. Yeah. The same year, Andre Rand, former janitor of the School of Horrors, was arrested in connection with the disappearance of Jennifer Schweiger, a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome. At the time, Rand was homeless and living in a makeshift campsite on the grounds of the abandoned school, not far from the ruinous Seaview Hospital that was so closely tied to the crops. I'll tell you what, though, Chris, legend. if you're the guy who's running this place, that's that's another bit of bad news you don't need, isn't it? Like, look, seriously, I know we've, we've been through some bad times. Look, we've, um, we've had, look, you know, all right, I put my hands up. You know, it's been unacceptable. Look, I assure you, I might have taken my eye off the ball yeah. a little bit, right? A little bit. I've had, you know, I've been having some trouble at home. You know, right. maybe, maybe I wasn't giving the job my full attention. But going forward, I assure you, this is going to be I'm still sailing. the man. I'm still, still the man, man for the job. job. You can trust in me. Okay, so we've uh, we've found a serial killer paedophile in Ronnie Grounds. <laughs> oh fuck you! Yeah. Oh no, no, no! Oh, you're giving me a blinder behind the eyes. What are you trying to tell kill me? What I was, George? What I was fucking tell you? Yeah, George, groundkeeper's George, the security man, George. What I was telling you? We're searching the grounds for anyone living in the tent who might be a serial killer. 
It's basic, isn't it? It's fucking basic security. No, all right, all right. So I've only got to go out there and face a fucking press on this one. <laughs> I don't fucking need it. I'm up to here with this shit. <laughs> so, over a month after her disappearance, searchers found Jennifer's body in a shallow grave on the desolate school grounds where the drift was living, and he was charged with murder. By that time, Rand already had a long rap sheet of crime against children. In 69, he was sentenced to 16 months in jail for the attempted sexual assault of a nine-year-old. In 83, he went to jail again after kidnapping a bus full of children from the local YMCA and driving them to an airport. That's that's something out of a fucking Dirty Harry movie. Take his bus to Cuba. Honest note, seriously, that is the plot of the first Dirty Harry movie. And when I saw that, it was just kind of like, oh, this is, you know, some, like, stupid fantasy of some serial killer. Oh, because you wouldn't do something. Fuck me. Well, I mean, he probably saw the film and thought, that's yes. a good idea. Yeah. That. <laughs> Why hasn't someone done this? Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much, writers of Dirty And do you know Harry. what? Because uh, there was no, no magnum-toting cops who were happy to, well, well keep no, on firing no. until the bullets run out. Wearing, 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 a, a, predi- wearing a Punisher bulletproof vest, <laughs> stuff like that. So, and although there wasn't enough physical evidence to charge him, police already suspected him in the disappearances of at least four other Staten Islanders going back more than a decade. Uh, Alice Pereira, five, in 72. Holly Ann Hughes, seven, who disappeared in 81 and was last spotted with Rand on the day of her disappearance. And 11-year-old uh, Tyahese Jackson, who disappeared in 83. So I think we've and, established this guy's a horrific prick. And Hank uh, Gaforio, a mentally disabled 22-year-old who was last seen with Rand at a diner in 84. To this day, none of the bodies have been found. So this is kind of clarifying everything which the first which the first article didn't. We're getting like, this is a well-put-together picture of what's happened. The jury for Rand's case could not reach a verdict on the murder charge because there was not enough physical evidence uh, of his direct involvement in Jennifer's death. However, they found him guilty of kidnapping, for which Rand received the sentence of 25 years in prison. Rand would have been eligible for parole in 2008, but in 2004, new evidence came to light linking him to the disappearance of Holly Ann Hughes, a fellow inmuk took... In, inmuk? Inmate? Um, yes, I do mean inmate, yes. It's quite it's quite difficult processing all this horribleness through your brain and out your mouth. Yeah. Um, a following mate took notes of the conversation he had with Rand, in which he later described in detail his abduction of the girl. Rand was convicted on a second kidnapping charge of another 25-year sentence. He will not be eligible for parole until 2037, when he'll be 93 years old. Now, <clears throat> my understanding was that... Prisons are very violent places, and people who fuck around with children normally get stabbed up in American prison. That was my understanding. Cops and child molesters. I mean, got... I, I, well, I think with any prison, I mean, yeah, I doubt he'd, you know, I doubt he'd be flavour of the month, but, you know. He's he... probably, do you think he's not in gen pop? Yeah, well, one would assume so. He's probably identified as a high security risk, isn't he? So, the real cropsy story... Rand's story and that of Cropsey continue to fascinate and horrify tri-state residents to this day. Filmmakers Joshua Zeman and Barbara uh, Branicchio grew up on Staten Island and listened to the terrifying Cropsey stories when they were children. As adults, they were, their curiosity led them to dig deeper into the urban legend of Cropsey and the real case of the island's missing children, their chilling documentary, Cropsey... <laughs> Explores the bizarre case of the bogeyman who seems to come to life. 
Crops uh, includes interviews with people pivotal, pivotal to the story, such as friends and families and members of the victims and detectives who try to solve the mystery of what happened to the children who mysteriously vanished. It also explores the question of Fran's guilt and the prejudices of society. In absence of hard evidence, trying Rand to foul play. Could it be that he was arrested simply because he was socially marginalised and had a prior record? His connection to the Willowbrook State School certainly didn't portray him in a good light, as the name alone provoked fear and suspicion, and that could have taken a part in some of the horrific abuse that went on, and that he could have taken part in some of the horrific abuse that went on there. Was he truly the culprit, or was he just the perfect suspect to fit the crops, eh, killer moles? Mm, who knows? Well, the person who took Jennifer Schweigler's life probably wasn't an axe wielding maniac with a hook for a hand like the crops. Legend states her death and disappearance of four other vulnerable young adults were very real. Naive children may have believed in the gruesome tales their older siblings peddled, but Staten Islanders were truly shocked and something so horrific could happen in their communities. The tale of the Staten Island maniac is a reminder that they are all too real bogeymen lurking amongst us. No, sadly true. Um, yeah, I mean, and again, that would, um, you know, that would, that would be a horrific thing to happen oh, in the community. So, I mean, th- this is a lot more horrible than I was hoping for, but I guess it's an interesting one from an urban legend point of view because and an, a pre-existing... So this is an urban legend, legend that's effectively... Well, I mean, been woven into... I'm not sure... And, and to be honest, they, they, they still don't really have solid answers as to what's, what happened. Well, yeah, it sounds like they haven't found the some people might claim that there's some, some disputes around the disputes and stuff like that. But they haven't found the bodies. Yeah, oh, OK, so that, then, then difficult... They've found one, and there's four they haven't, yeah. so... Um, no, I mean, yeah... I mean, the thing is, I don't see how it ties into the whole Cropsey thing that well, to be honest with you. It's, it, so, obviously, there was the... You know, the, the hook hand killer thing is not just Staten Island. You know, that's no. that's something that's sort of around all, all around the states, I would think. And it's like, a bit of a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a bit of a generic one. You would think. So it it feels like me. They're just playing up the urban. I mean, it doesn't really need a lot of playing up, though. I think the story of um, well, it's not Iron Rand, but whatever. Iron Rand, yeah, and yeah, um, had been. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of horrible enough already. I mean. Well, I think, what, yeah, it's... I mean, it's not like he had a hook for a hand or some shit, do you know what I mean? It's just no. kind of, I get that that's an embellishment. I'm just not sure what the crossover with the urban legend is that much. This is just some hor- some horrific killings that occurred that have been conflated with... Uh, with well, I think it's one of those where there's kind of urban legend there about someone in the mental hospital stealing kids and stuff, and then kids start going missing, and then people going, oh, it's Cropsy, to, like, oh, their right, brothers yeah. and sisters... You know, to this chap, or yeah, more than likely, yeah, more than likely. Um, so I think it's what's so why it's why it's interesting for me is that there's a pre existing urban legend and then stuff happens which broadly fits the narrative of this urban legend, brings to mind, yeah, with and then people have conflated the two to a certain extent to. And so, so you've kind of so so it kind of makes the legend to an extent grow because you're actually adding real life events to it, even though you know well, it's, it's a nonsense. Yeah, it's one of those ones where there was a good phrase I can't remember who came up with. It, I've not seen one. I've not seen an urban legend like this before. No, before. no, and and it's kind of I think it's kind of like one of those things where um, 
you know, you're confronted with, with, um, you know, something evil like this. And then you, you, you know, you're, you're putting it into one of those terms where you sort of, but uh, as I say, I can't remember who came up with this phrase. It was something Not like, a big fan of the term evil. Well, you know, like you're saying is someone, um, he came up with the phrase, it's something like the banality of evil. Um, and it's just because there's this idea of you, you talk to these people and they, oh, they're monsters and they're this, that, and the other. Mm. And a lot of them are like horrible, petty little men with horrible lives. So they're just kind of like. A lot of the time, t- t- I mean, a lot. And, you know, I think really, realistically, people who do horrible stuff normally have suffered some kind of abuse in their own life, which is, and that's not to say because plenty of people suffer abuse and don't do horrible stuff. But I think that there's a certain chemical imbalance in that person's brain in, and and people can be triggered because yeah, brain no, chemistry I, I is different. All, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do get where you're coming from. And I don't think I don't think anyone in their right mind goes, "I'm going to go and kill some kids." I don't no, think no, you've, agreed. I, and I think I think, I think, I think for me, that's why I don't really like evil as a term because a it's very fucking Abrahamic, good and evil and doesn't exist. But um, <clears throat> I think. You know, these people do need to, if they're in danger, they do need to be shut away. But I think that it's unhelpful not to just say, our oh, evil probably had the devil in him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, I think if, if we're going to potentially stop stuff like this happening in the future, we have to understand more about where it, where it comes from and what, what kind of person can be triggered and what are those triggers to lead them to do stuff like this because then you can hopefully try and mitigate that in future yeah so i think from a judicial point of view i think from a psychological point of view so there are there are people who conduct studies into these kind of things and as you said psychologists who will sit down and talk to people who've done things like this and actually really try and understand and actually yeah. the, the root signs of what caused this what made you this kind of person so you can try you know could could you actually intervene and actually before stop before something like this happened and i entirely agree with you from that perspective i just think that once something like this has happened, I think there's a point at which people are beyond redemption for certain things. Certain things that they might have done, I don't. I don't know. It's, well, it's well, not- I think I think at the point where they've done something like this, I think unfortunately they're too far gone. To- I, don't, I don't think you can redeem yourself in the eyes of society. Let's put it like that. Um, no, and I have, think that- necessarily have the right to at that point. I think your brain's broken to a certain extent yeah. at that point. You've, you've it's gone too far. Yeah. Um, but I think that learning as much as you can, rather than just locking someone away and going evil, I think learning as much as you can is the best way of hopefully being able to mitigate this. It's like people who are but like psychopaths. It's see- like psychopaths, sociopaths, right? There are people who are born like that. They're not. They don't all go and become killers and stuff. They just have a different brain chemistry where they don't necessarily understand empathy like the rest of us, right? But understanding that and understanding. What, why, how they're different, right? And I'm not saying better or worse, they're different. Then that kind of understanding can lead to perhaps mitigating circumstances where their the difference they have in their outlook can become a problem. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, and, and you know when I I'm, I'm using you know use a term he was very sort of metaphorically and just I think something I I can fully understand if you were in part of that community. You would react to this emotionally, and I wouldn't want to be hearing oh, yeah, that yeah, logic yeah, at course. that point or academia yeah. or any of the rest of it. But I entirely agree with you in terms of things like prison policy, in terms of um, study of this kind of stuff, how you might prevent these kind of things happening. And, and I, I know I can't remember where I read it, but I did read an interesting article. Was there was a 
And to I be honest, really study serial killers and things like that mm-hmm. because it's a serious study to try and understand, yeah, as you say, what what happened in their childhoods and things like this to make them like that, and that's something that, that warrants serious study. And well, and the thing is as well, like this, whatever it's called, this um, what's the school called? Millbrook or something? No, uh, Willowbrook State School, right? It basically just sounds like it was set up, like it was almost like designed as a fucking misery factory. Do you know well, what I, think, I mean? I think like, it's just out of sight. Well, to be honest with you, because it's like, I don't get into it too much, but I have a, a, um, a brother with um, mental disabilities. And I remember, even back in the 80s, they, they'd make him wear these shoes mm. so he'd kind of stand out. It was, it was, and it, what were they, I think my mum asking the doctors once, well, why's he got these the, the sort of brown of the shoes with these weird sort of studs all over them? Mm. Well, why's he got to wear those? And it's just kind of like, oh, well, just... So, it was more or less saying something like, so people can identify him, like put a bell around his neck or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got the, the attitudes, yeah. even sort of back in the 80s, were very unenlightened, shall we say, yeah. towards anyone with any kind of... It was just kind of like, well, you know, they, they might... At best, they're a nuisance. At worst, they can be harmful. Therefore, they need to be isolated. And I think, you know, probably some of the most vulnerable members of society... I mean, you get it at the moment, you know, whenever the government will talk about, oh, about, oh, people on benefits, blah, 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 what they're forgetting is benefits mean people on pensions, it means people with mm-hmm. you know, disabilities, it means, you know, so before you oh, start... Oh, they don't going, give a shit, they really uh, don't give a shit about people uh, with disabilities. Yeah. They, yeah. like, they, the amount of people that they put into abject poverty by cutting and often removing people's disability benefits... In the, last, in, the, in the last 10 years is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, our government, man. I remember that there were, um, someone was saying that, like, you know, like a, someone was criticising the government and one of the success sort of things they said was, well, I think you find over the last three years... Um, We've we've managed we've we've seen over a hundred new food banks open to help people, and it's like, but before you came in, we didn't have food banks. No. People didn't have to go to food banks, and you're now going, oh, it's great, we've got more food banks now, and they're not putting any money into food banks. That's all no, people no, that's like me and you and my my well, mum going down and giving stuff to food banks. It's not the government doing it, and they're going, well, we've got loads more food banks now. Like that's a fucking win for us. It's like, no, that's absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely a sign of how te- like things are getting worse. No, no, agreed. I think where, where I'm coming from is the fact, you know, like quite a lot of people will say, oh. you know, there's this idea of benefits as being this amorphous thing where yeah. it's just all being handed out to people who are taking the piss. Yeah. Now, yeah, there will be some people like that. Not there is such there. a small percentage. Well, you know, just, you know, or, or you know, there's always going to be. Well, you go to you go to any kind of like office or any of the rest of it. There's feckless people, and you know, yeah. we get away with stuff from God knows how. It's that Hello. Sort of proportion. That'd yeah, be me. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a proportion of any kind of like you know whether it be the workforce or anything else, but. Uh, no, it's just, but but that's an e- again, it's an easy one of those euphemisms, isn't it? It's just like, well, well, you know, well, what it is is it's a good, it's a good way. It's like divide and conquer, isn't it? Like they kick down and then they tell other people who are struggling because of their policies that the reason why they're struggling is because of people who are even poorer than them. Yeah. Rather than looking at the people who are creaming all the fucking money, of, money out of the fucking government, all their mates. You know, it's it's basic. It's really like it's really obvious sleight of hand. Like, like, but so obvious that it's like it works. Like, you know, like a like a a five year old who's just got like a magic set trying to show you a card trick. It's like that good sleight of hand, but somehow people fucking fall for it. It's unbelievable. 
Anyway, so Neil, let's go through our scoring system. <laughs> okay, we'll keep this one brief. So, speaking of to start off with, I believe, yeah. um, I mean, holy hell, you um, you didn't do me a lot of crops, so you did be a lot of some some awful serial killery guy. Well, yeah, yeah presumably, I know he's not actually been convicted of these things. Um, yeah, I mean, just the whole thing was kind of like quite horrific, really. Um, I thought there was going to be more cropsy, cropsy uh, yeah, in it I, than there actually is. I was hoping um, there'd be a bit more some hook-handed fun or a bit more like, you know, I know mm. what you did last summer. Um, you know. So, so. Whereas, no, it's actually Hilarious. a it's terrible, just, it's a, slamming, it's a just, slamming indictment on society. Yeah, it's just, you know, it goes from bad to worse. And actually, I think just the, the details around the edges, around, mm. you know, disadvantages members of society. I mean, I understand it was originally probably built as a TB um, what would effectively been a hospice back in the you know sort of nineteenth yeah. century, early twentieth century, where people went to die, and and you know actually it was kind of a quarantine thing. That was how things had to work those days because otherwise yeah. it would have infected other people. I, that's that's unfortunate for those people, but that's what you had to do. That was a tough measure to yeah. take. But then then turning into kind of like you know well, we'll just stuff a load of people who yeah. are disadvantaged and don't have money or power into those places where inevitably they're going to yeah it's just just awful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well yeah, so this is going to get. I mean, I don't know what else is going to merit a 10 on this one. This is, uh, okay. this is a 10 for me. I mean, spookiness to something <laughs> horrifying, I think, is the, uh, the phrase I'd use. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, coming from the, the Cropsy angle, um, the, the story of some escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand kidnapping kids and taking them to the tunnels is quite spooky and then it ratcheted up when it actually started happening so <laughs> um really to get to the next level yeah and then you're looking at all the stuff around it um like you said um <clears throat> do you know like it, it would be a 10 for me if it wasn't so unfortunately a story that's been told many times in many countries so i'm gonna go for an eight so believability. So um, again, like uh, the hook-handed person stealing kids and taking them to tunnels seems quite unbelievable until some nutter started doing it. Right. So the believability is <laughs> actually quite high as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Unfortunately, because there isn't really anything paranormal or anything in it to take any of the, the stuff off, is there? Um, and yeah, I mean, because the only reason why I'm taking a point off is because it wasn't actually Cropsey, but um, the story, unfortunately, did ring very true, so it's going to get a nine for me. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly lower on this one, because um, so, I'm, I'm weighing up the, the, the Cropsey, the hook-handed thing, which is, so, on the one hand, you have, you know, a genuine serial killer here, which is sadly all too believable and um, and, you know, uh, you know, did happen. Um, so that's that's where that is. But I'll balance that with the sort of the hook hand thing, which because he didn't, you know, there wasn't a hook for hand. So I'm I'm, I'm playing in the urban myth as well. Long story yeah. short, it'll be an eight from me. Eight, okay. So reach Neil. Um, so the hook hand killer thing. I mean, yeah, it's been in like movies like it did last summer. Um, there's you know various campfire tales and things like. That. I think it's a well known one. I hadn't. I think I'd roughly had heard this one. This is one of those ones where it's. As you say, an intersection between where urban myth mm. becomes real. Unfortunately, in this case, um, takes a little bit of the um, the you know the the, well, the, the fun out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it um, yes, yeah, so, so um, 
but no, I think yeah, no, I think it's God. This is going to become our highest scoring one, isn't it? That's going to be depressing. Um, yeah, no, I think it probably does have. Proof. So I don't think the the um, was it Andre Rand or something was the yeah. Um, and I, Rand. I, yeah, Iron Rand. Yeah, that's when before she wrote all of those awful books. <clears throat> so that, that, she wrote were, them in. She wrote. She wrote Atlas Shrugged in the tunnels underneath an insane yeah. asylum. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Do you know what? I wouldn't. If this was her dark origin story, it would not surprise me. Ended up on Medicare. Think about that, Iron Rand fans. Mm. Didn't live up to your values, did you? No. I would really. imagine there aren't many Ayn Rand fans yeah. who got very far into any of our podcasts. No, I can't imagine too much. <laughs> a couple of fucking unsamenches like us. I don't think we'd be too approved of. Yeah. No gulps us. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Rich, it's got to be pretty high, hasn't it? I'm going to... Um, it's not right up there with all the big famous ones, no. but it'd be a seven for me, I think. Seven. Yeah, so I think it's... The Cropsey one is pretty well... <laughs> Still committed to that. Still committed to... To the bitter uh, fucking end. To the bitter end. Um, so I think that's known around probably New York, which is a populous city. Uh, I imagine the murders and stuff are pretty well known because even in, like, a big city like New York, stuff like that does stick out. Do you know what I mean? Like, kids... happen every Wednesday. Kids in the week. <laughs> Strangely proud of the fact. Um, the hook can thing is pretty well known as well. Um, but it's not that old, etc. So I'm going to go with a six. So narrative premise. Um, horrifying. Um, unfortunately, the, the, there's no joy in this at all. Um, the hook can thing, I guess, like is a one which has been used a lot. Um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it's not good. It's not good narrative premise, no, but, it's but it's strong. I, know, I think I think there's quite a lot here actually. I think I'm depressing. I'm going to have to do this quite high, but yeah, I'll let I'm going to give it. it. I'm going to give it a seven and not think about it ever yeah. again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Because I, I don't think I necessarily want to explore this story too much. But no, I think there's the shed lights in there. There's, um, I mean, the hook-handed killer thing. Obviously, there is all of that. There's the idea of um of an urban myth becoming real. You've got some. Yeah. You, know, you get really meta and scream like that. You've got you know the horrific details of this person themselves. Whether or not they were detailed or murder. I mean, if he's doing shit like kidnapping a bus full of kids, I mean, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know, <laughs> clearly, clearly not in it. He's just, yeah, ambitious, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to bring myself. Anyway, um, in, and, uh, and and yeah, but then just also all of the sort of like um, and what you know would have been a part of a much broader picture of kind of institutionalised abuse. Yeah, um, and you know, don't get me wrong, we've got horrific um, legacies of that in the UK from from similar periods as well as as we're learning to our detriment over the last ten years or so. Um, look up Jimmy Savile, anyone? Um, and well, and there was that place, you know, there was that thing, place in Ireland where they found the mass grave, wasn't there, where they, um, the unwed mothers. Oh, was this where the, um, the Magdalene the nunnery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, with, with a lot of these places, there was, a, there was far too much deference to authority in, in, in an age where we seem to be sliding back into authoritarianism and sort of like, you know, like Don't bother learning any lessons from the past. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe you want to think about, you know, when we were very deferential to authority in the past, these are the kind of consequences we had, sadly. So, yeah, I think it's quite a rich narrative. It's not a nice one. Um, so it's going to be an eight for me, Chris. Okay, and that gives it a lovely high score of 63, <laughs> which is one of the higher ones. Fantastic. Well done. Well done, 
Well, um, so if anyone made it through this uh, tale, well done. Um, you've got a you've got a gold star for us. Gold Sorry. star, and you've got a strong perseverance badge. A perseverance badge, yeah. Um, so uh, I don't really have anything jolly to <laughs> lead us out with, um, but yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with hopefully one which is a little bit more funny um, because it was very difficult to ring out any too many laughs out of. <laughs> What is essentially I mean, horrible sound. you could have made an appropriate joke, which just really didn't feel like it because, uh, yeah, it's, it's not really, not really. I'll, I'll be honest with you, my sense of humour doesn't really um, stretch to laughing about child murder. No, I think we can all back that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, if you've uh, if you're copsy and you want to confess, then please send us an email at herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. But beyond that, um, maybe listen to something silly like Pigman or something to cleanse your palate before you go on with your day. Maybe we stick an extra um, warning on this one, Chris, before we publish it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, have uh, an enjoyable rest of your day. Um, hopefully we've brightened it up for you. And yeah. we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.